Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we're in a great series entitled Emmanuel. You guys been getting anything out of it? That is horrible. I'm up here and my feelings are getting hurt right now. Uh, We're in a great series right now. Okay, thank you. I feel so much better about myself. No, thank you. Uh, Entitled Emmanuel, and Emmanuel means God with us. How do we know it means God with us? Because we've been looking at this platform scripture, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Uh, The setting is this, is Joseph, who is uh, engaged to Mary and going to be married, finds out that Mary is pregnant and he isn't the one that got her pregnant. Okay? Now, I think all of us can agree that that would cause some turmoil, right? And so he's, he's in a little bit of turmoil. He's like, what in the world's going on? And he's, he's, he's basically going not, to not get married to her. But the angel of the Lord visits him in a dream. And in Matthew 1.23, says this to him, says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will, call, they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so we've been looking at this idea of God with us over the last several weeks together, and we've discovered that that isn't just a Christmas thing, that God is with us all the time. God is not only with us in the good seasons of our life, he's, he's with us in the valley seasons, the wilderness seasons, and the storm seasons in our our life. And so the first two weeks, we looked at those different thoughts. We looked at the idea of God with us in the valley, God with us in those moments of life where uh, we, can't, we don't have proper vision, things just don't seem like they're connecting. We're in this, this valley. Or the next week, we talked about the desert seasons that we go through in our spiritual journey. And here's what we learned in the first week. We learned that we may enjoy him most in the mountaintop experience, but we get to know him intimately in the valley experiences. And why is that? Because in the mountaintop experiences, it's easy to celebrate, right? But it's when we go through those valley moments that all of a sudden we begin to depend on him more and therefore the intimacy uh, with God grows. Last week, uh, we talked about this. In the wilderness season, he often shows up in the ordinary rather than the remarkable. He often shows up in the ordinary rather than the remarkable. And what we were looking at, we were looking at the the story where Elijah in the Old Testament is running for his life and feels like the presence of God is far from him. The Bible says that he goes into the wilderness. But it's in the wilderness that he meets with God. And in in that passage, it says that that Elijah is in this this cave and he comes out and the Bible says that God showed up and there was an earthquake, there was wind and there was fire, but God was not in any of those. Uh, but then there was a still, small voice, a whisper, and that God was in the whisper. He showed up in the ordinary rather than the remarkable. Why is it that we're in those wilderness seasons uh, that God whispers to us? And we talked about the idea that God whispers to us because you don't yell at those you're close to. And even though we don't feel him, that he's right there and he's whispering. Well, today I want to talk to you, and I want to use another metaphor here. I want to talk to you on the idea of God with us in the storms. God with us in the storms. Now, I've been in church a long time. My dad was a pastor. I was born and raised in church, and I've heard this saying over and over again, and every time I heard it, I didn't really like it, but it resonated with me because I think it's pretty true. And I would hear pastors say this, that you're either either going through a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're about ready to get into a storm. You ever heard that before? And uh, you know, it's not like a real encouraging thought necessarily, like, oh yeah, yay, you know, there's my life. 
Um, but here's the reality. I think all of us could say that's about right. Like, yeah, I've, I've gone through some storms. I just came out of a storm, and, and I'm bracing myself for the next storm. Here's the thing, though, uh, that we're going to understand is that we don't have to brace ourselves for the next storm. Because it doesn't matter if we're in a storm, coming out of a storm, getting ready to go in a storm. We're going to discover that God is with us all the time. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And I believe that what you're going to hear today is going to encourage you, and maybe you are one today that is in a storm. I don't know what that storm looks like. Uh, storms can be a lot of different things. It can be a, a financial storm. It can be a relational storm, whatever it might be. Um, but I believe that as you hear this today, you can be encouraged to make it through uh, whatever you are walking through. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 27, and we're going to use another narrative, in other words, a story of something that took place in the natural, and we're going to pull some spiritual principles from it to help us walk through the storms of life that we may encounter. Acts chapter 27, starting in verse 20. The storm's been raging for a while. Here's the setting. Paul uh, has been arrested um, for essentially preaching the gospel, um, but when Paul gets arrested, he appeals to Caesar. And because he appeals to Caesar, they have to send him to Caesar to basically uh, fight his case. And so Paul now gets put on a ship with all of these prisoners for transport. Uh, the weather's not real great. Paul says we probably shouldn't go. They're like, yeah, who are you? You're just a prisoner. Let's go. And so they do, and there's a storm. Verse 20. For many days, neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging. The severe storm kept raging. Finally, all hope that we would be saved was disappearing. I want you to think about that for a moment because I think we can relate to that. When we're in a storm in, in our life, um, that as that storm continues to rage on, I think we can get to that place where then we feel like all hope is lost and that this isn't going to work out. Verse 21, since many were going without food, Paul stood up among them and said, you men should have followed my advice and not sell from Crete and sustain this damage and loss. Did you all catch what Paul did right there? Uh, if not, I'll just point it out to you. How many of you guys have those friends in your life um, that, that you're going through something like, I told you so? Right? At the time, none of us like those people, do we? Like, it's like, you're like, what are you talking about? You told me so. And you just kind of block it out. Um, you know, we all have those people in our life. We don't like it when they say that. But how many of us love being the person on the other side that's saying it? Let's be honest, right? Like, I tried to tell you. I told you it was going to happen. I told you so. And it's almost like you have no empathy for them. It's like, you brought this on yourself. I told, I told you. I love this because it kind of points out a little bit of, of Paul's personality, but also his humanity. Here, here they are in the storm. Look at what it says. They haven't eaten and they're super hungry. And Paul gets up and says, you guys are idiots. I told you so. Should have followed my advice, not sailed from Crete and sustained the damage and loss. Now I urge you to take courage. Because there will be no loss of any of your lives, but only the ship. I want you to highlight that thought. We're going to come back to it. For this night, an angel of the God I belong to and serve stood by me, Emmanuel, God with us. And said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And look, God has graciously given you all of those who are sailing with you. Therefore, take courage, men, because I believe, God, that it will be just the way it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. And when the 14th night came, we were drifting in the Adriatic Sea in the middle of the night. The sailors thought they were approaching land. They took sounding and found it to be 120 feet deep. And when they had sailed a little further, <clears throat> 
and sounded again. They found it to be 90 feet deep. Then fearing we might run aground in some rocky place, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight to come. Some sailors tried to escape from the ship. They had let down the skiff into the sea, pretending they were going to put down anchors from, from the bow. Paul said to the centurion soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut the ropes holding the skiff and let it drop away. When it was about daylight, Paul urged them all to take food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have been waiting and going without food, having eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. For this has to do with your survival, since none of you will lose a hair from your head. There's Paul. How can he stand with such confidence? How can he stand with such a surety? Because he was visited by God. Because he's recognizing that God is with them in the middle of the storm. After he said these things, he had taken some bread and he gave thanks to God and presence of all of them. And he broke it, he began to eat. They all became encouraged and took food for themselves. And all uh, there were 276 of us on the ship. When they'd eaten enough, they, they began to lighten the ship by throwing the grain uh, overboard into the sea. And when daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but sighted a bay uh, with a beach. They planned to run the ship ashore if they could. After casting off the anchors, they, they, they left them in the sea. At the same time, loosening the ropes that held the rudders, then they hoisted for sail to the wind and, and headed for the beach. But when they struck a sandbar and ran the ship aground, the bow jammed fast and remained immovable while the stern began to break up and pounding of the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners so that no one could swim away and escape, but the centurion kept them from carrying out their plan because he wanted to save Paul. So he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and set, for and, set and go to land. And the rest were to follow, some on planks and some on debris from the ship, in this way, listen to it now, everyone safely reached the shore. Everyone safely reached the shore. I want to talk to you in the next few moments about God with us in the storm. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments we have together that, God, you would take this narrative, this, this story in scripture, and God, you'd, you'd cause it to come alive to us today that we might gain some spiritual insight out of it. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me now preach in such a way that people discover your son, Jesus, know your amazing love, and realize the incredible plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God with us in the storm. God with us in the storm. Now, here in San Diego County, uh, living in Southern California, we don't really know a whole lot about storms. Um, I mean, we get a little rain and school is canceled. Right? Like, like, like everybody drives like they're on ice. It's a little crazy out there, but the reality is we don't really know anything uh, about storms. Me and my wife, we grew up in the Northwest, and so, sometimes we joke around about the storms. So we'll like take a picture of a fallen palm tree. We're like, storm of the century, right? And post it. We don't really know anything about storms, but up in the Northwest, uh, we knew some things about storms. We'd get wind storms and rain storms, and occasionally uh, we would get some, some snow storms. And I'll never forget, me and my wife had just met. Uh, we're getting to know each other, and uh, we had had like a, a really bad snowstorm that year, and I was a little bit bummed about it because I was worried that she was going to be up, you know, I was just getting to know her, and I'm like, I want to get to know this girl, right, have our first Christmas together and, and whatnot. Uh, the storm was so bad that they were advising people not even to go on the roads. As a matter of fact, the whole entire city shut down for about five days, like, like it was on lockdown. People without power, uh, the storm, it was, it was a lot of snow. And, and up in the Northwest, what happens though is it's kind of like icy, wet snow. It's not like, it's not like this powdery stuff, and so what happened, it was 
would snow during the day, and it would melt a little bit, and that night it would freeze. And so people would try to drive, and they would create these, you know, these, these ruts in the snow, but then overnight it froze, and it literally created like train, like if you were trying to drive, like you had no control of your car, it just kind of sucked you, sucked you ever. So we just decided, man, we're going we're gonna to hunker down, we're just going to ride this thing out. And so we did, and we would walk to each other's places, have hot cocoa, we found a park nearby, played a little football in the snow, doesn't that sound like fun, right? And just, having, just making the most of it. Here's what we had to do, There's, we had no control over the environment. We had no control over what was happening on the outside. The only thing we could do was just ride the thing out. And here's the reality of the storms that we experience in our life. They're much different than valleys. Uh, valley seasons of our life. A valley is something you pass through. A wilderness, we discovered last week, is either something God is leading us through or, or maybe we're running from something. But, but a storm is completely different. It's like you have no control over what's happening around you, but it's impacting your life. And here's what I've come to realize is we just have to learn to ride those things out. We just have to ride out the storms in our spiritual journey, ride out the storms in our life. And, and but yet I think there's a couple of things we can learn from this passage that will help us understand it and begin to ride those things out. Pastor, what do you mean by storms? What do you mean by storms? Well, well, here's the reality. You know, we tend to name our storms. Did you know that they actually name storms? Did you guys know that? Like big storms, hurricanes, and they name them? Um, I don't know if you know this, but up until about, they started naming them like in the ninth, like early 1950s. I don't know if you knew that. Like it wasn't enough just to be a storm. There's a category five storm. They started naming them. And I don't know if you know this, but, but in the early on, they were all named after women. I'm sure there's a principle there somewhere, um, but we won't get into that today. Uh, but then here's why they were named after women, because most of the, um, or actually at that time, all of the broadcast that would do the weather, they were all men, and they would name them after their wives or after their girlfriends. True story. Um, and then in about like the late 1950s, late 1960s, they started saying, oh, well, men, that's okay. They can be named after men too. But we name our storms, don't we? Like, like we go through financial storms. Anybody ever been through a financial storm before? Yeah. Well, there's one right there. All right. Right? You've been there, right? Like, like you might not have any control other than stop spending all your money, Right? You might not have any control over the economy or over the interest rates or what's going on at the higher levels, and so you don't have any control over that. Uh, it's just happening to you. What do you got to do? You got you to ride the thing out. You just got to let, you know, yes, you can make some adjustments and do some things, but nothing you can do to change the bigger picture. You got to ride that, that, that recession out. You got to ride that whatever it is and, and just kind of just take it in stride. Uh, another one is, is, is relational storms, relational storms. Now, yes, I understand that you have a part to play in the relationship, but in a relationship, it's so volatile because uh, you, you, you can do your part, but if the other person is doing their part, it could be a storm, right? And you have no control. You, have no, you, you might be fully invested in this marriage and want this marriage to work and want to give it your all and want to pour your whole life into it, but if the other person isn't there, are you with me? It's a storm. What are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to have to learn to, to, to ride this, this out. I don't have, have any control over it. Storms, they, they come. And here in this passage, Paul finds himself in the middle of a storm, and yet there's some things I think we can see here and learn from this. Because here's what we need to understand. The storms of life will try to cause you, number one, to lose hope. The storms of life will try to get you to lose hope. Look at verse, look at verse 20 of this passage. It says, for many days... Neither sun nor stars appeared, and the severe storm kept raging. Finally, all hope that we would be saved was disappearing. The longer you stay in the storm, it seems like the less likely we are to have hope that we're ever going to make it through this. 
The more you stay in that relational storm and that, that, that rocky marriage, or the more you stay in that, that place of, of, of man's finances, I don't know what's gonna happen, or doesn't look, what, what happens, you begin to lose hope. And that's exactly what the storm wants to do. The storm wants to cause you to lose hope. Here they are, there for a while, and they're beginning to lose, lose all, all hope. But if we understand that and we know that when we're walking through the storm, if that's what the storm wants to do, then we, we can have a response to that, can't we? What's our response to it? Look at Romans. Romans chapter five, I don't know if it's in your notes, but just write this down. Romans chapter five, verses three through five, it says, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. What a horrible verse, right? Like, like, let me put it this way. And we all rejoice in our storms. That sounds so sadistic, what is, what's that all about? Well, let's read on. We, we rejoice in that what? Because we know that affliction or storms produce endurance. And endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. Hope. So if we flip that and we say, wait, okay, I'm in the storm, but you know what? The storm's doing something right now. So you know what I can do? I can rejoice in it because I know the end result is going to be I'm going to have more. I'm going to have greater hope. Listen to this verse 5 now. This hope will not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, listen now, who was given to us. What's the Bible saying there? The Bible is saying, look, we can have hope in the middle of our affliction. Or in our context today, we can have hope in the middle of our storm. Why? Because we know that the Holy Spirit is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us right now in the middle of the storm. So although the storm is coming to try to cause me to lose my hope, I can walk through it with endurance because the Holy Spirit is with me, therefore I have hope. Are you with me this morning? So we go through the storm. Man, the storm's trying to rob my hope. It's those that don't have Christ. It's those that don't know him. It's those that aren't a Christ father. They're the ones that probably lose hope. Not us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is, is with us. As a matter of fact, when we're walking through these storms, we don't need to lose hope. Why? Because check this out. When storms come, we have an anchor. Write this one down, Hebrews 6, 19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor. What does an anchor do? An anchor secures us, and its anchor secures the ship. So when the waves come, the wind comes, the ship stays. The outside elements don't move it, don't force it. Why? Because there's an anchor. Check this out. We have this hope, an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. What's it talking about? Verse 20 tells us Jesus is the it. Jesus is the one who has entered there. Jesus is the forerunner. He's gone on our behalf. So here's our focus. Our focus is on Jesus. Our focus is on him. And as we focus on him, even though we're in the storm, man, we got an anchor for our soul. We got an anchor for our life. We don't have to lose hope. The storm comes and, and tries to, to get us to lose hope. Now, here's something I want you to understand, though, because even though storms represent the outside things that happen in our life, there are some of you that are storm chasers. I have to talk about this for a moment. Storm chasers. Even though the storm, we gotta ride it out, there's some of us that have grown up in so much dysfunction. As we were being raised, we were in dysfunction, that we were in a storm. 
Then we go on with life and we get married and there's a storm because that's all we saw, that's all we knew. And so now we're, we're replicating the storm. Everything in our life is dysfunctional. Everything in our life is a storm. Therefore, the storm becomes the norm. Ooh, that rhymed. I didn't get that in the first service. It's okay, right? The storm becomes the norm in your life. And what happens is this, is because you were raised in dysfunction. I've met people before, and they talk like this. Um, I remember I was talking with somebody one time, and they were describing uh, a situation with their, with their spouse. And, um, and then, no, they were, they were talking about, about you know, describing something happened to their spouse, and they're like, you know, you know, how, you know how women are. And I'm like, the person that you just described, I, that does not describe my wife at all, nor does it describe my mother, nor does it describe most women I know. What was, what was this person who they were speaking from their perspective, their dysfunction? Their dysfunction. And here's the thing. It, 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 some of you are storm chasers, and here's why. Because all you know is the storm, and the minute you come out of the storm, everything feels out of whack. You're like, whoa, what, what, what's happening right now? What's, something's wrong, something's off. And what happens, you go chase the storm. You create. Like, can we just, you gotta be able to recognize that, and you gotta be able to get out of your dysfunction, and here's how you do it. It's the same focus, you gotta focus on Jesus. The hope. The storm comes, secondly, we see this in verse 24, the storm comes to cause you to lose, to lose vision, to lose vision. Look at verse 24. He said, this is the God talk, God talking to him, he says, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. You must stand before Caesar. Remember, Paul, you're, you're going somewhere. I'm taking you somewhere. You appealed to Caesar. That's, your, that's where you're headed. That's where you're going, and that's going to happen. But what happens in the moment of the storm is he's like, this is never going to happen. This is, and, and so the angel Lord comes to him to encourage him and says, no, 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 there's vision for you. There's a place you're going. There's something on the other side. You're not going to lose your life. See, when the storm comes, it, it tries to get you to lose, lose your vision. That God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. When you're going through that relational storm, that financial storm, that health storm, whatever it is, man, it causes us to take our eyes off of the vision. Paul's was off of it. He comes along and redirects him and says, no, 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 Paul, remember, you're going to stand before before Caesar, what about you? What storm are you walking through right now that is causing you to lose sight of the vision? Now here's what you need to understand. Too often times we think the vision is something we're pursuing. The vision is not something we're pursuing. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Where's our focus, where's our vision? It's a person, not a thing. It's Jesus, he's our focus. He, and here's what happens in the storm. In the storm, we lose sight of Jesus. And all of a sudden now, we try to, we try to put our focus on other things. We start grasping, if we're, going through, if we're going through a relational storm, a marital storm, we, we start grasping for other things to try to make ourselves feel healthy, to try to make ourselves feel good, or, or, or we grasp for, if we're in a financial storm, we're like holding on to everything we can. But here's the thing, our vision is off, and we need to get our vision back on Jesus. He's the answer. Listen, we wanna have a healthy marriage, man, we need to focus on Jesus. We wanna have healthy relationships, we need to focus on Jesus. Is somebody with me this morning? He's the focus. Sometimes when we walk through the storm, we start grasping for things and we start trying to hold on to everything because, man, we, we need this to make sense, we need that to make sense, and all of a sudden our vision is off. 
He says, no, 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 Paul, you, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be worried. You're going to go here, and this is what's going to, going to happen. That's why in a storm, uh, ships, they need to get the, take their bearings. They need to know they're on course. Because when the storm comes, they could be blown hundreds of miles off course, but yet they're still pointed in the right direction. They'll have to make up that ground, but they're heading in the right direction. Listen, when the storm comes, it might push you off a little bit, but is your focus still on Jesus? Are you still headed in the right direction? Might not all work out the way you thought it was gonna work out, but do you have the right, do you have the right vision? And lastly, we're gonna end here, the band can come. When the storm comes, it comes to try to get you to lose courage, lose courage. Look at verse 25, verse 25, verse 24, he said, don't be afraid, Paul, you're gonna stand before Caesar. Verse 25, therefore take courage, men, take courage, I believe God that it will be just the way it was told me. Take courage, go back even further, verse 22. Now I urge you, take courage, because there will be no loss of any of your lives, but only the ship. Take courage, there'll be, there'll be no loss of your lives, but only the ship. Take courage, there'll be no loss of your lives, only the ship. I want you to hear this right now. Here's the thing, what, what do you mean? We're not gonna lose our lives, we're gonna lose the ship. The ship is the thing that's sustaining me. The ship is the thing that's getting me there. How, how, what do you mean, Paul, that our life won't be lost, only the ship, and you want me to take courage in that? Do you want me to take courage in this, this thing? The ship was the thing that had them, was carrying them, was moving them. The ship they, they, they could touch. See those moments in our life when we're going through the storms, we're going through those, those moments. We try to grasp for everything, don't we? What we can hold on to. But listen to me. Our courage can't be in what we have. Courage isn't in, like, like, when I look at my bank account, oh, I got money, I'm courageous. Oh, my marriage is awesome right now, I'm courageous. Oh, my health is good right now, I'm courageous. No, no, we don't take courage in what we have, we take courage in who has us. We can't take courage in what we have, we gotta take courage in the, the one who has us. Listen to what he says, hey, you're gonna lose what you have, you're gonna lose the ship but you're not gonna lose your life because there's someone that has you. He's God with us, he's Emmanuel, he's here right now. But too oftentimes in, in these storms of life, man, we, we begin to, to say, okay, I gotta, wait, 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 can I have, you can have courage if your bank account says zero. You can have courage whether your marriage is going good or not. You can have courage whether your health is great or not. You can have courage whether uh, you have vision, or you can have courage, because our courage is not in what we have, our courage is in who has us. And his name is Jesus. He's Emmanuel, God with us in the middle of the storm. Our courage is in Jesus. Our courage is in Jesus. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Don't allow the presence of whatever storm you're walking through right now to cause you to doubt the presence of God. He's with you. He's for you. He's got you. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is life-giving. Go ahead and stand to your feet right now in this place as we wrap it up today. Pray that today, God, that this word, God, this, this narrative, this natural story, God, that we can pull spiritual principles from. 
God, would speak to each and every one of us in here. God, that we would, we would be those that, that don't lose hope. We'd be those that don't lose vision. We'd be those that don't lose courage. We'd be those, Lord God, that although we're in the presence of a storm, we'd remember that your presence will never leave us, never forsake us. That you're here right now in this place with every eye closed, every head bowed. You would say, Pastor, I'm going through a storm right now. I, I, I can use some prayer, and I believe in the power of prayer. We're gonna talk about it as we head into 2020, but I believe in the power of prayer. You're here right now, and you would say, I'm going through a storm right now. I'm going through a storm. I'm going through this storm, and I could use some prayer. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, I just want you to shoot your hand in the air right now. Come on, no matter what that storm looks like, you name it. You know what the storm is. Come on, be honest in this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Anybody in this place, you put your hand. Anybody in this place that, that you say, I, I need Jesus. I've, I've, I'm running from him. I'm running from him. I, I need to say yes to him. I need to get into relationship with him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you would say, I need Jesus in my life today. Would you just shoot your hand in the air so I know it's you? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for those two individuals that just now said, Jesus, I need you in my life. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are doing a work here at Canvas Church. You're doing a work in them. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, you would enter this space, this time, this moment. And, God, you would show them how much you love them, that you're God with them right now in the middle of all that they're walking through. If you raised your hand, man, it's so easy just to say yes to him. Just say, Jesus, be my Savior, be my Lord. I want to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. I love you. Lord, I thank you right now. God, I pray for those, Lord, that raised their hands, say, I'm going through the middle of this storm. I pray, Lord, that you would show them that they don't have to. God, question whether or not you're there. They don't have to walk in fear. They can be in good courage today, knowing that you're truly with them. But I pray that as Canvas Church, as we move into 2020, we know we're going to face some storms as a community. But God, we're never going to doubt your presence. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer, man, we'd love to pray for you today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.